It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, October 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that wants to congratulate everyone out there. We did it. We made it to Flyers opening day. Yep, we were there. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we've got a whole bunch of Flyers news with injury updates, all that. So we'll get to to that real quick. Then, uh, as promised from yesterday's show, we're going to look at the Flyers as if we have a glass half full and talk about some of the positives we are looking forward to this season. Then we will wrap up with a mailbag. You guys have some great questions, so we'll get to them as well. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So watch and subscribe there as well. So Russ, uh, as we surmised, Cam Atkinson is out for the opener tonight. Uh, Apparently it's not necessarily a setback in whatever's going on with him, but he's just not ready. He was in practice, but didn't participate in the line rush. I mean, it's upper body. I I was watching him skate a video. He didn't look like he was skating great. Um, Mm -hmm. He didn't take line rushes. So I'm not sure when he's going to play. I don't know either, but uh, it certainly was looking like that was going to be the case uh, as the last week or so had progressed. So uh, really unfortunate for him and for the team, but uh, I think it gives us a little bit more insight into what the lines will look like. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, we did get a little bit of an update on Sean Couturier that he is skating, but according to Chuck Fletcher, they're trying to slow him down. And not rush him back. So yeah, and I get that. Yeah, which uh, that's a good thing, and that's what we've talked about—that we want him back when he's ready and he's healthy, yeah. and it's not gonna, you know, really overextend what he's capable of. Um, yeah, we we finally learned what Felix Sandstrom is dealing with, and that is a groin injury. So those are always tough. We'll see what happens there, but for that's now, probably got, a month. Yeah, so we'll probably got. Uh, Sam Erson in the backup spot for the time being. And uh, we'll see what he can do next week against one of the Florida teams, maybe. And, yeah, I mean, that's not an easy uh, task, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rasmus Ristolainen left practice early, so <laughs> that was not a good sign. Yeah, some are saying in the him. injury. I'm not sure what the injury, but uh, not good news. Although, there may be there are some Flyers fans tweeting, hey, maybe it'll be better to not have him in the line. Trust me, you want him in the lineup. I I understand where those sentiments come from that overall, like we would like to have somebody else in that spot. But I think for now, 
uh, he is the the person we have. And I think relative to the experience of Ronnie Adderd and Igor Zamula, you want Arista line in there. So you're really yeah. only exposing one of those guys and not forced to use two of them. Although, you know, Nick Sealer is still there, but you know, yeah, if you have to rotate people around, it could really expose the Flyers defensively. So I get it. Yep, I do too. And right now it looks like all three of those that you mentioned will be in there. So, yeah. So let's talk about the defenseman because mm -hmm. John Tortorella suggested that that third pairing is going to be somewhat of a rotation to start off the season. Uh, it could change depending on if somebody just takes hold and, and, proves themselves to earn that spot without getting rotated around. But with Nick Sealer, Justin Braun, Igor Zamula, and Ronnie Adderd, you know, they're going to rotate in and out for the time being. And it looks like Zamula will, at the very least, you know, depending on Risto, will at least be the one to get that initial start. Yeah, he's getting the initial start. Um, I guess if, if Risto's out, um, Braun would be up there mm -hmm. and then maybe Adderd gets it, but they probably put sealer because they don't I have put sealer and yeah. But what if they put all of them and they went with an 11, seven Torts has done things like that before. And if he kind of wants to um, be interesting about it, he might just do it again. He very well could because as we know, Dick sealer can play forward has played it. Not sure <laughs> yes. it's great, but yes, well, that's, that's fair. Has played it as opposed to can play is right. the better term there. But it is possible that that's something that he would do. Um, you know, I think that he is definitely going to throw a lot of darts at the board this season. And uh, that, that certainly could be one. It would be a hell of a thing to do in the opener. Well, I mean, it, it is one way, like if you had Sealer doing that, that you just had this overtly physical lineup to face the devil so you know either the devils get pounded into submission or they skate around these guys like that'll be the the way the matchup might go so let's take a look at the forward lines that we had uh, from practice yesterday uh, hayes centering lawton and connectney frost mm -hmm. centering jvr and wade allison Noah Cates centering Joel Farabee and Owen Tippett. And then our fourth line backstop of Tanner Luzinski uh, centering Nick Delorier and Hayden Hodgson. And that seems to be where things are projecting. Yeah. I mean, we, we had the fourth line right for a while. Um, it, it would be good to see Frost at center. That would be really good. You know, matching up against the devil's second line center, uh, then I think you're looking at because uh, Hughes is number one, and who am I forgetting now for number two? That would be um, Bratz and Winger. Who am I leaving out? I forget. But they do have a good second line center. I'll get the name, but that's that's a, at least a decent matchup for Frost. And I just you know the only thing that that I feel bad about um, is the. Um, Owen Tippett being on the third line, like you would think he would do more, have done more to work his way up to the second line in preseason. But, you know, to be fair, he really didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that, but I can also see in terms oh, of Eric Hall, it would probably be the guy, him or Mercer. Or Mercer. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah it was awesome. Be. So one or the other, probably Hala because he's a vet. But yeah, well, we'll see how that turns out tonight. But you know, as far as the Flyers' second or third lines, I, I think my sense is that they will get a very similar amount of ice time in this game that both of these lines have young guys that need to prove themselves. Um, Plus uh, I can't believe like Joel Farabee is quote unquote a veteran now, but um, I think he's a little bit ahead of Cates and Tippett, obviously in terms of experience and establishing a role on the team. And so, you know, I think that if you have Farabee on that third line and JVR on that second line as the quote unquote vets and, you know, Frost, again, been around for a while, but is in a prove-it kind of year. I think that it would be in the Flyers' best interest and Torts' best interest from a learning perspective to put both of those lines in pretty evenly. Yeah, I think um, I could see him going with the hot hand kind of thing, how it's going that game, and not breaking up the lines, but based on ice time, which line gets more. I could see that. Uh, I just, again caution and hope that Farabee the minutes are a little bit sheltered because again if this game were to get out of hand and it's a 5-1 game I don't even want to see Farabee in the game like it just wouldn't make sense yeah I, I think that's a really good point and I just see that at least for me if I'm towards I want to see some consistency over time mm-hmm. and to break up any of these lines even in the middle of the game, if things are going badly. Um, I mean, if you have to, because, you know, there's an injury or something, that's one sure. thing. But, but like, just from an informational perspective, I would want to keep the lines as consistent as possible so you can get the most stats out of it to learn something. It would be nice. Mike Yo didn't really like doing that, but um, hopefully Torts will want to do that because you're right. You will get better statistics and analytics and everything else from it. And I think you do need to give them two, three weeks to kind of see, you know, if you have chemistry there. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's really important um, that he at least gives, you know, certain blocks of players who are playing together, you know, two, three games solid before you make any changes um, just to get those numbers going. But uh, we are going to get our glasses half full Russ coming okay. up next. But first we're going to hear about our friends at bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. As always, bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Russ. So as we have been on the slow march toward this season, which starts tonight, we have talked about a lot of concerns with this team, with the organization, with individual players. And I think that, you know, you have to get to a certain point, which is tonight, which is okay, this is what we've got. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to look at this team pretty objectively but also say you know what can we get out of this season that will be positive 
for the Flyers and springboard the team, you know, in future years and things we can build on. So I'll, I'll start things off here. And my first thing is that I really think Noah Cates is going to have a, a really strong year and break mm-hmm. out. And I think, you know, he's not in the Calder conversation, but he could make himself a name in that conversation. I don't think he'll be in the top finalists, but I think he'll get some votes at the end. And I I think that will be a definite bright spot this year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he could get one for me. I mean, you never know. Um, But I do think you're right. I I think he's poised to have a really good year here. I do think at at center, he uh, provides even more offensively. So yeah, I'm excited about that along with you. Uh, you know, right now, I would also look at um, backup goalie with Sam Urson because, you know, he's a true rookie, totally green to the NHL. Uh, he's going to break in, like you said, maybe against one of the Florida teams. Could go a long way in settling a lot of us down by, you know, having a really great game. And then you're not worried as much about how many games he's playing as versus Carter Hart, uh, who's yet not to play, but I'm sure he's playing opening night, right? Okay. Anyhow. Yeah. I'm not going to think about that. Um, I mean, as far as we know, <laughs> keeping it positive. So yes. 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 So I, I do like um, what Ursan potentially brings and I want to see it. Yeah. I love him as well. And I think he is uh, I th- a real long-term asset for the Flyers. And I'm hoping he can uh, ride this backup duties thing to uh, really earn that spot and uh, and do good things, whether it's with the Flyers or the Phantoms this season. Uh, my second thing for this season is I am so excited about John Tortorella. And I'm going to tell you that it's really his honesty that is going to make this season a lot of fun and really productive because we've seen it so far where, you know, he's been asked, do you think this team is ready? He says no. He's like, have you seen improvement? No. I mean, this honesty is going to be so refreshing and so important, I think, to drive where this team will go for the course of this season and to set up the team for success in the longer term. Well, I mean, it's certainly a stark difference from even Chuck Fletcher recently where he just said that the Flyers will be um, fun to watch and improved. I don't know that they're going to be improved. They, you know, even Torts doesn't know if they're going to be improved. They they could slip record-wise, but he said, you know, but say, hey, there's things that I like and there's things we could build on. So I, I don't know they're going to be improved. And honestly, at the beginning, I'm not sure they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, if it's the physical part, okay, if that's what I would deem fun to watch. But me, I'm deeming fun to watch is more offensive than physical. So I don't know if either of those are true. And I think Torts would um, would tell you at least what he thinks. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, in that regard, that's good. I, look, I'm excited for for Morgan Frost. I, I don't feel like he's gotten the right shot since he kind of broke in with Claude Giroux that time before he had the shoulder injury. I mean, he was looking mm-hmm. really good. You know, no fans saw it except at home. But, you know, we at the media did. And we were down low and – you know, we had a really good view of it. And I, I felt like that's when we saw real playmaking out of him. And I'm sure Giroux was a big help in that. Since then, it's kind of like not been there. And, you know, 
it would be nice for him to be able to do something. Now, unfortunately, I think, I think, you know, Wade Allison will help him on that. I don't know if JVR is really going to help him. I don't know because JVR is a guy that's looking for the puck, but he's necessarily never going to give it back. Frost does like to do the give and go. Uh, is JVR going to keep up with, with those guys? Even Allison's kind of a hustler on skating. He's not the best skater, but both of them are better skaters than JVR. So I don't know how that whole line's going to mesh, but, but I'm hoping for the best for Morgan Frost. Yeah. I think the, the thing about JVR playing with Morgan Frost is that if Morgan Frost is the playmaker and JVR is, is most definitely going to be the trailer and just park himself in front of the net. If those other two can't figure out a play themselves, they'll just try to get it to JVR up front and try and get a redirect. And I think that's the best strategy for that line. And it could work to Morgan Frost's advantage. I guess that's possible, but I don't know if we're even getting 25 goals out of JVR. That's a whole other conversation for another day. We're staying positive. We're staying, we're staying positive, positive. So it's possible. Yes. Yes. That's where we're going from here. Uh, my other thing is that I am really excited for the experimentation that could happen this season with different line combinations and different defensive pairings and guys being able to be put in a position to succeed. And I think that's really where the growth and development for me is most important this season, right? Where even if at the end of the season, to your point, they don't win as many games or quote unquote, didn't improve as a team. I think the team will be, set up and organizationally to understand what we have in all of the yes. assets. And I think that's the key thing to accomplish this season is to really understand where we are with all of the players so that more effective decisions can get made next off season. Now that's another subject. Again, we're keeping that out of the positivity right. sphere we are in right now, but at least to have a very, very clear picture. And I think that the combination of torts and a kind of we've got nothing to lose status for this team will allow them to do some of those things, to try different things, to get them in a, a better position to understand where the organization is by the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, my last one will be uh, with Travis Sanheim. Be interesting to see what torts can do with him. Uh, if he really uh, becomes rock solid on defense and, based on that has a little more um, offensive giddy up because he feels comfortable. Cause that's when we start seeing that out of Sanheim, then that's a big win and also means it's going to be a big contract, but uh, we'll not hey, worry that's about a win that. too. <laughs> it could be a win. Uh, it, we'll, we'll worry about that later, but it'd be interesting to see what he turns him into. Honestly, though, I haven't heard torch talk about Sanheim much. I don't know if you have, but I haven't. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, not a ton. I think that he's a guy that is is in some ways just the reliable guy, right? Mm -hmm. So that you don't have to talk about him that much unless he does something to particularly stand out in a game. And I think that if you're right, that he does have the opportunities to do more offensively this season, that maybe, you know, him and Risto's chemistry gets a lot better this year. Uh, obviously, again, we don't know what's going on with Risto, but whoever Sanheim is with, I think that it's in his own best interest to break out a little bit this year. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a little bit more flashiness from Sanheim this year. 
um, he does have a decent shot and mm-hmm. he'll he'll skate up and, and take the shot himself. But he's always really good responsibly in terms of getting back after he does that. That's something that I really yeah. appreciate about his game, that um, he really does act responsibly when he does get involved offensively. So I, I think that, yeah, this could be a really fun year to watch Travis Sanheim. I think Mm -hmm. you're right there. And again, if it wins him a a big contract, good for him. Um, Mm -hmm. If it wins him a big contract somewhere else because they decide to trade him at deadline, also good for him, I think. (laughs) But, and we can sell high. So that's the good side of it for the Flyers. So I think it's kind of a win-win, right? We either Mm -hmm. get a great defenseman, Uh, that'll stick with the team for a long time or we'll get a great return on a great defenseman. So um, I think that is definitely a glass half full with Sanheim. Yep. I agree. All right. So we hope to continue to have things in our half full glass to talk about uh, on tomorrow's show after (laughs) the game itself. Uh, But in the meantime, we hope to have a glass after the game, to be honest, but we'll see. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, We will be getting to your mailbag questions coming up next. Russ, uh, we have a prospect to talk about first. Uh, Eric Urban from Twitter asks, I can't remember seeing Jay O'Brien in any of the camps. Uh, What's going on with him? Yeah, he was in camp a while ago. Again, college player can only go once and they go on their own dime. Uh, Jay O'Brien, you know, he's been playing number one center uh, for BU. He had a good year last year. I, I watched him. His skating's good. Uh, he's pretty good on faceoffs. BU's not the program they used to be, so maybe in a big, you know, like they don't have a Jack Eichel type anymore, but if they did, he would be like a second-line center there. But, uh, you know, he's progressing as a player. Uh, at this point, I don't think the Flyers could look at themselves and say we're so set at center that – we can't consider him, especially if they, you know, Lawton plays the wing in the future. And even with Lasinski there, there's still some room here. Um, so I would think they're still interested in him. This is a big year because this is it. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a senior there. So I'd say it's a 50 50 right now. I'll get a better idea probably at around the bean pot time. And that's where I start hearing stuff. Yeah, I definitely think we need to get, obviously, you know, at least a dozen games under his belt this season before we can really say where we think he's projecting for the rest of this season, but it could turn into like a Noah Cates situation, right? Where it'll, because he's stayed in the college game for a little bit longer, he's gotten bigger and stronger. um, He's over the injuries now. So that's good. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he could come into the flyers organization uh, much better prepared than some Mm -hmm. other prospects and, and really blow people away next year. So I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on him as well as his college season progresses. Thomas uh, over on YouTube commented, is management already betting on a failed year and trying to grab that number one pick in the upcoming draft? I mean, betting on it, I wouldn't say Um, leaning towards it. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're just never going to say it to the fans it's still going to be hard to get the first pick. You're If you get in the top three, you're really in great shape. Uh, there's still five really good picks in this draft. Like, really, really. I mean, there's a lot of good picks, but five really good picks in this draft. So, again, I don't worry about um, anybody in the top three. I think you're doing great. Now, 
would a fan worry if you know if Mitchkov is the three that the Flyers get because of what's going on in Russia and you'd have to wait four years well I mean you know look how long the Minnesota Wild had to wait at least four years for Kaprizov and they're happy that they have him now so that may be the uh the point where whoever is in charge of the Flyers will have to make that decision do we wait patiently for that time or do we need something quicker and that's where things can go askew with a draft but it is an organization's, you know, will and up to them what they want to do with it. Yeah, they're not going to even hint at it out loud. Um, no. It is not in their interest uh, as employees to do such a thing. But yeah, I think you're right in terms of the depth of the draft. And uh, I think that Arizona is just so unbelievably bad that it would be very weird if they don't end up with the agree. They're so primed for it with that 20 game mm-hmm. road trip and everything else. You're, yeah. you're just hoping to be in two or three. Yeah. I think that is, is kind of the best case scenario draft wise. We don't know if that's really the best case scenario for the team overall. Uh, again, having the positivity bleed over from the yeah. last segment. Yeah, but I've been but, doing a bunch of prospects now. When we start getting into the draft guys, there's some really talented guys. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about them uh, in the, in the future. Susan had a really good question for us. Cause we've been talking a lot about, the defensive pairings and that we don't really want Nick Sealer uh, playing so much that we would prefer to have uh, our prospects there. So she wants to know what is that downside of Nick Sealer? So the downside of Nick Sealer is they talk about his skating being good, but his positioning isn't great on defense. And so what happens a lot of times is he gets beat to a corner or he gets beat to the puck and if that guy gets a step on him, he ends up dragging the guy down, whether he horse collars him or drags him down. You look at the sealer, he probably gets at least two penalties a game. And while the, I do think the Flyers PK is going to be very good uh, because they have to be and Torts is good at that. I just feel like that's not going to work well for this team because, again, I don't know how high of you know goal scoring ability the team has. So a guy like Sealer could really hurt him with, with these kinds of penalties. And, you know, I, what you trade off for the physicality is what you lose on the penalties. So it's like, yeah, the physical part's great, but that's the downside to me. Yeah, your point about his struggles and getting beat defensively is to me exactly why they slotted him out of all the defensemen on the forward side because he can skate forward right it's the getting back that's the problem where he gets beat so if he doesn't have that defensive responsibility it's a little bit easier to hide him amongst the forwards right Mm -hmm. yep so yeah that's that's my take on it as well uh john from youtube had another interesting question uh does the fact that nobody we put through waivers got claimed mean the flyers have a weak prospect depth or say anything about the quality of players in the system overall no because again everybody was putting through a lot of players that day uh just think about what we're talking about goaltending wise go name me an organization that you know has three homegrown goalies as their three top goalies I'm not sure there's any other one other than the Flyers. So, you know, they do have some organizational depth. You may not like it because you don't see a superstar in there, but they have organizational depth. There weren't a ton of pickups on waivers. In no, I think there were five of, good ones. Yeah. Yeah. There was like 
yeah, maybe five, six overall. There were some other pickups that maybe were AHL kind of pickups yes. as well, but not a ton of pickups overall across the 32 teams that are going to be NHL rostered guys. And so I, I really think that's not an indicator for the Flyers at all in no. terms of the quality of players in the system overall. Um, I, I think that, you know, pretty much everybody got their guys through. Yep. All right. One more thing before we go. Rapid fire predictions for the game tonight. Uh, who wins and what do you think the score is? I'm going uh, Devils are going to win this uh, four to two. Uh, I say Devils win three to one. Will they have a new goal song? Yes, because they have a new tagline. So, of course, they'll have a new goal song, too. I think they will as well. And I'm very curious what it's going to be excited to talk about it tomorrow. And is there a player for the flyers that'll stand out standout player for the flyers? I'm going to go with Scott Lawton. I'm going to say Carter Hart, if he plays, because he'll have to make a ton of <laughs> But you just said, if he plays, uh, <laughs> womp, womp, womp. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow again, recapping tonight's game against the Devils. Uh, if you want your question answered on the show, like we just did, you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail. You can tweet us at lockdownflyers, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with their daily updates with news, analysis, and advice every Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.